This is County Fire Insight for Tuesday, June 14, 2022. Okay, thank you for joining me today. This weekend was impactful. I spent a couple of days up at the Sheep Fire, and I want to thank the men and women from our fire department that went up there and protected our community of Wrightwood. Um, when I showed up Saturday afternoon, the wind had just kicked up. The fire had grown in size from exponentially. It was... Uh, it was interesting listening to the radio traffic as we were going in. Chief Yeager did a good job with setting up the structure defense group, start thinking about how are we going to protect all our structures, watching CAL FIRE, the U.S. Forest Service, County FIRE, the Sheriff's Department all worked very closely together. It really was a good fire. No structures lost, and that's because of the great work that you've done. Coming out of a fire like that, we're changing the way we do business. Uh, we, we had Diane Mendez from our administrative office go there, start accounting for all our costs, even though there wasn't an FMAG awarded on this particular fire, which is um, a mechanism for us to get reimbursed for all our efforts, it's important to, ca to capture that cost. That cost will go to Chief Corbin and he can go to the community, to the Wrightwood CSD and to the Wrightwood residents and say, look, this is how much you pay in property tax, but this is the value being part of County Fire. Because we were able to bring in all these resources, while it did cost the district a lot of money, in the end, no houses burned down. You all did a great job, and I appreciate it. I've asked Chief Webb and Jeremy Pendergraf, BJ Myers, to come. Uh, health and wellness is continuing to be very important in this fire department. We've got some great programs that are going. Uh, so Chief Webb, I'll ask you and, and Engineer Pendergraf, you guys would come up. We're going to first talk about mental health and wellness, our peer support, our care team, our chaplain. And then we're going to introduce to you BJ and his dog Scout, talk a little bit about our uh, that program. Then we're going to introduce a new application called Cortico. Cortico is a health and safety wellness app that's going to be able to provide you the resources you need 24-7. So guys, come on in. Uh, Jeremy, I'll just start with you if that's okay. If you could um, just talk a little about what's going on with the peer support. Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, Ryan, come on in. It's step out. There you go. Uh, in May, we... Uh, in May, we recognized uh, Mental Health Awareness Month. Uh, in, in June, what we recognize is PTSD Awareness Month. This is calling into action uh, uh, and to uh, um, reference within the department that we're, we're taking action on uh, and taking mental health seriously within the department. Uh, one of the ways we take uh, mental health seriously here is we have what we call the care team. A lot of, we've got a lot of new people added to the department and a lot of people don't know what the care team is. So I'm here to kind of discuss a little bit of what it is. So the care team is affectionately your San Bernardino County Fire Peer Support Team. Uh, we call it the care team because it's, our, it's actually what we call our service motto. It stands for crisis, accountability, response, and education. That's what we use as our service motto. Uh, we're just here to serve you. So basically anybody in the department that's having any form of mental crisis or anything like that, we want to change the stigma of mental health within the department. We want you to talk to somebody. We want you to call somebody. We want you to reach out. So how do you reach out? So there's a few ways to reach out to the care team in general. Uh, we have for on-duty incidents, for instance, when you're going to calls, we have what are called diffusions and we have what are called CASD, we have uh, critical incident stress uh, debriefings. We can do those officially, so when you're a company officer and you're on scene and there's something that's going on where you're gonna need uh, some form of assistance in that manner, you can go ahead and contact your battalion chief or you can make the notification through comm center and they can work on activating the care team and we can come out and do a, uh, a diffusion or we can do a CASD for you guys. Uh, if it's something where it's not something that's call related, where it's something that's off duty, something you're dealing with at home, 
we do want you to reach out. So you can, uh, uh, for lack of a better person to call, just one phone number you can call, you can call myself and I will work to activate uh, uh, the care team and put whoever we need that's working on the care team in charge of whatever it is you're dealing with. So uh, we wanted to make sure that you knew how to get a hold of, of anybody. I also wanted to talk a little bit about uh, some of the new things that we're, we're doing and what we're working on. Um, uh, we're currently doing a recruitment right now. So if you reference back to your email, uh, we, we put out a recruitment flyer probably a couple weeks ago. We're currently doing the recruitment and uh, anybody who's interested in getting involved with the care team, uh, we'd like you to fill out a questionnaire and you can return it. It comes to us. So I want to make sure that uh, uh, if anybody uh, after hearing this is interested, make sure you fill out that questionnaire, send it in, and uh, we'll go ahead and view it. And we're working on recruiting quite a few more members because we want to expand uh, the, the care team uh, so we can get out and, and represent more of the whole reaches of the department. Uh, another uh, bit of information we wanted to get out was that we've now formed the care team email. So that's new. So if you want to get a hold of the care team without, uh, uh, it's, it's a confidential way of getting a hold of the care team. So you can simply just send an email to care team. You go right on to your Outlook and care, under care team, you can just type in care. It's going to pop up as an email and that's another way to get a hold of us. So. Um, uh, we're also going to be expanding some of the, th the care that we do provide. So you've seen some of the things that are coming out. Uh, uh, one of the things we're working on right now is a mental health app, and Chief Ryan Webb is going to talk about that. Before we do that, Jeremy, I have a couple questions for yes. you. On, first, I want to thank everybody that's involved in care. Uh, you have some definite principal members that have been here for years. Can you yes. talk a little bit about who the care team is as far as their names? Certainly. Yeah. Uh, well, as far as just to go back a little bit of history on the care team, the care team started out uh, primarily as uh, what started as a chaplain group, and we can go all the way back to the Chief uh, Tom Wellman days, and then uh, after that, Ron Walls, and then uh, after that was uh, the uh, affection we call him the Padre was uh, Dave Burkhart. So those were some of the, uh, the founding members of what we uh, have now uh, has was be called the care team. So. Um, we're, we're ever thankful for those people who took the time when it wasn't such a recognized, popular thing to talk about. Talking about mental health has, has not been a popular topic in the fire services, everybody here knows. So it, it was due to those members stepping up and starting this foundation that get, got us to where we are today. Jeremy, we actually had a question come in directly for you. Okay. Someone signed up uh, to participate in the care team. When yes. do you think you'll be giving notifications out? We'll be giving notifications right now. The recruitment should end officially tomorrow. And then what we will be doing is we'll be viewing over all the questionnaires that will re are returned. Our goal is to have our recruitment process completed during the month of July. So you'll be hearing something probably around the, uh, the beginning of July. Well, Jeremy, um, the fire chiefs before me, they've all supported the care team, the peer support, the different programs we have. And I just want to offer my commitment, we're going to keep honoring you and, and the men and, women, men and women who work so hard to support the members of our fire family. So as we move forward, the resources you need, the training you need, we're gonna make sure that we continue uh, this great program. You personally been involved for how long? Uh, probably about eight years, eight to nine years, yeah. You, you have a, a good deal, a huge degree of admiration and gratitude for me personally, but over the years, I've just heard nothing but great things about Jeremy Pendergraf and people reaching out and saying, hey, Jeremy did this for me. I, I remember 
uh, when our when our brother Corey passed, you know how grateful his family was that you were there to support him. And Jeremy, thank you for what you do. Of course, absolutely. Um, next, we're uh, going to have Chief Webb talk a little bit. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. Um, <clears throat> I'm here on behalf of the chaplain program. So as Jeremy talked about, we have um, a variety of different ways that we want to provide um, help and service and support to you what we view as the most important uh, asset to county fire. So the chaplain program is different from the care team if you're not familiar with it. Um, we offer a variety of, of services that all revolve around support for you, the individual. So if it's spiritual support, that's typically what we're known for. Um, it's certainly what we can provide if that's what you need. Um, we also address physical and mental and uh, emotional well-being. If, we if you just need somebody to be with you in a time that's hard, um, that's really what the chaplain's program is designed to do. Um, we'll arrive on scene, um, we'll talk to distraught family, we'll talk to um, distraught uh, first responders, we'll deal with um, you know, getting water or blankets or any of the other uh, um, physical needs that uh, a family needs during a time of crisis. So we're available for that. We're also available for one-on-one -on -one consultation. If you're just having a tough time, if you don't want to um, necessarily reach out to someone from the peer support directly, you don't want to talk to your immediate supervisor, we're available just to listen and to be an ear for you as well. Um, there are a couple different ways that you can resource uh, the uh, chaplains. Uh, you can, if it's an incident, please contact uh, Comm Center. Have us dispatched through Confire. Um, we have an active 911 alert group set up, and that will contact all of us at one time. It's the most uh, expedient way to get us responding to your incident. If you have a, a more personal uh, or one-on-one -on -one need, then you can reach out to any of us on our cell phones. Um, and then eventually the Cortico app, once it's launched, will be a great way to resource us. Um, we currently have seven chaplains. Um, you'll have Mike Bass, who is our lead chaplain, uh, Michael Carney, uh, Matt Anderson, the captain. I know we have a couple of those. Um, Joey Webb, he's the better looking Webb. Uh, myself and Daryl Cornell and Mike Cordick are the, uh, the department chaplains. And as Jeremy said, we are in the process of recruiting. So if this is something that your heart is being pulled into, by all means, please email Jeremy or Chief Anderson and uh, uh, consider being a part of our team because we're looking to, to expand this service to a lot more of our members. So Ryan, is the contact list for um, all the chaplains on FireNet? Uh, it does not have a current, uh, uh, the current contact list is not on FireNet, but I have a current contact list, so I can get that updated as soon as we're finished here. That'd be great, thank you. So the new app, the Quartico app that's coming out, it's going to allow um, individuals to connect with peer support as well, right? Mm -hmm. So yes, the Cortico app is a result of, of uh, a partnership between the County of San Bernardino and Cortico. Cortico is a subsidiary of Lexapol, which is a Gordon Graham company. It's, a, it's a, a company designed around first responders and the needs of first responders. And the Cortico app specifically is customized for our organization um, with the intention of being available to our members 24-7. It'll give them direct access to um, mental health resources such as suicide prevention lines, crisis intervention lines. There's a 24-7 clinician available through the EAP contact 
Um, and as you mentioned, it also has direct contacts to not only the chaplains, but every one of the peer support members as well. So it's a resource that's available to you at the touch of a button, whether it's an emergent need and you're having a crisis or um, your family is, or there's something that you just need to talk about. Um, it'll be a, an opportunity for them to have self-assessments. They also have um, links to various other helpful apps, such as you know helping with sleep or um, you know financial issues or um, any other issues that you know revolve around that emotional health component and physical. Uh, physical health. Eating tips and workout tips, different workouts are out there. We're not the first fire department to use this. I know Orange County Fire mm -hmm. has been using it successfully for many years. Again, it's customizable for our fire department, but not just for our actual employees, both suppression and non-suppression, but their families will be able to download this app and have all the information that they need at their fingertips too. So Correct. thank you for and leading through that app. No problem. And that all the information through the Cortico app is completely confidential. So any of the resources that you reach out to through the app um, will not be available to uh, anyone outside of your particular device. So um, don't hesitate to use that resource. We're hoping um, within the next month or so to have this rolled out uh, for the department. Uh, we kind of briefly touched on uh, your physical health, and that too is important to this fire department. We're making some moves there. Um, that we really haven't announced to the organization. I'll talk about a couple of them. Uh, President Gregoli and I have both gone and had NFPA physicals to go through uh, not only uh, actually seeing a doctor, but doing a cancer screen, having ultrasounds, um, having blood work done. There's a lot that, that it comes with these physicals. We're looking at bringing those physicals free to our members to ensure that uh, you know the medical conditions, you're able to communicate with your doctor and address these issues. Just like our Cortico app, these physicals would absolutely be private between you and your physician. The fire department wouldn't have any access to it. So we're starting to explore what FPA physicals would look like. Uh, another program we're looking at is, we might do a trial study and is not only doing the physicals, but issuing some smart devices to those members that may want to wear the smart devices, either on duty or on duty and off duty. It'll do things like monitor your sleep, it'll monitor your health, your heart rhythms, all the, all the great stuff that Apple Watches can do. And it'll provide you a snapshot of your health, not just when you're doing that one-time NFPA physical, but on a continuous basis. Finally, we're exploring with, uh, Santa, uh, with, uh, with SACS, I can't, I'm drawing a blank on the name now, Santa, Santa Ana College, on bringing in the physical uh, fitness tests that they've done previously. I know the city of San Bernardino members went through this on an annual basis. We're looking at bringing those into the fire station as well. Again, all of this is voluntary. We want to make sure that as a fire department, as leaders, that we're offering all of these tools to you and your family to make sure that you have a career of health and wellness. Uh, the last person we're going to talk to, and I kind of cut Jeremy Pendergraf off. Um, I should have mentioned this. I know he wanted to introduce to you, BJ and Scout. Jeremy, did you want to say anything? We can get, just have you use this microphone right here. Sure. Uh, Speak loudly right there. Yeah, just real quick, uh, as we expand the uh, infrastructure of the care team, we brought some of these things underneath the umbrella of the care team because it's part of what we try to pr uh, provide for you, which we call the triad of care, which is your peer-to-peer -peer support, uh, your uh, uh, basically your spiritual uh, care, and we use the chaplain group for that. And then we also work to provide you uh, uh, contact with any clinicians and physicians or anybody that can help you get through any crisis uh, that you're going through. Some of the new, newest research that's out there has actually 
uh, documented the effectiveness of canine therapy. So uh, uh, San Bernardino County Fire, we're pretty aggressive on trying to be on the forefront of, uh, of, uh, of mental health and what we can do to help people through uh, whatever crisis. So uh, through the support of the department, we've actually acquired uh, 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 canines and uh, BJ Myers has uh, worked extremely hard to build a team uh, uh, of, of, of canine therapy dogs. They're specialized, uh, specialized dogs. So yeah, here in San Bernardino County, our newly formed uh, care team canine support program, uh, we have five canines, which I'm very proud to uh, say that we we're leading the country in that uh, in those numbers. Um, each one of the canines uh, have to go through 360 hours of documented training um, through uh, working dogs for warriors who donated the canines to us and donated the training um, to provide uh, mental health services for uh, the members of this department. Um, I want to introduce to you the um, handlers um, who are doing an incredible job um, and their dedication is um, is incredible to this program. First of all, we have um, Chief Bixler, and his canine is Baxter. And then we have Steve Story, and uh, his canine is Bailey. And then we have um, Captain Cannon, and his canine is Remy. And last but not least, we have Captain Kramer, and his canine is Cooper. Um, we do understand as a program that some people may not be dog people. Um, our handlers understand that. Um, so if you come across them in the fire station and they um, and you're not a dog person, just simply and respectfully uh, talk to the handler and let them know that and they will make every, um, every um, all, they, they will make it to where their dogs aren't in the station and stuff like that. They've also been instructed to uh, not have the canines uh, on any of the furniture and to make sure that we clean up after each canine. So we're doing everything we can. Um, I want to touch base on um, the type of training that the, the canines go through. Um, the canines are trained to, to recognize somebody that's going through a crisis, whether it be mental health or emotional crisis, and they're um, trained to interrupt that crisis and then demand uh, feedback, demand that they're ped, petted after. So what it does is it interrupts the crisis that the individual is going through. Um, our canines are available uh, both on and off duty. We're working hard to um, get a on-call rotation um, uh, for our canines, and, and they can be called in just like the care, any care team member can um, through comm center or individual phone calls, and they can be anonymous. And our, our care team program is also available to the members of the families in this department. Um, we need to try to get away from the stigma that we have in the fire service, and that is to just man up. Um, we are all human beings, and we all go through crisis at some time in our life, whether it be professionally or personally, um, and we need to uh, have the strength and the courage to come forward and receive the help from the men and women of the care team um, uh, when needed. Um, I would like to also thank Chief Muncie. Uh, and his staff for uh, his support in this program. Uh, I'd like to thank 935 for their support and uh, special thanks to Chief Birchfield for his vision on this program. So if we could just wrap up just our portion here to talk about peer support. Our biggest thing we always try to get across whenever we have a chance to talk to everybody in the department is we want you to reach out and we want you to call. So uh, uh, 
uh, just like BJ said, we want to reduce that stigma. Please reach out if anybody needs to get a hold of anybody on the care team or anything. You, right now, you can just start to call. You can call myself. You can call my cell phone, or you can email care team. It's all confidential. We do. Uh, we try uh, to keep everything as confidential uh, uh, as pra as practically uh, possible. Everything will be kept as confidential as we can, and. Uh, we just want you to reach out and and then if you uh you do call us out for a critical incident stress debriefing or a diffusion you might be able to meet scout or bailey or one of the other canine therapy dogs well thank you gentlemen for uh joining us jeremy thank you again bj this is an awesome program thank you chief birchfield for introducing um, the dogs to our department uh they're certainly a great addition so Thank you for what you're doing for our membership. I truly appreciate well, thank it. Thank you, Chief. Next, I'm gonna have Chief Washington come up. Uh, we postponed Tower 15 pretty quickly. He's gonna uh, talk a little bit about maybe why we postponed that, what we're thinking, uh, when it's going to start. Uh, talk a little bit about our firefighter paramedic recruitment that is open and uh, give, give an update on a couple of the CIP projects that we got going on, Chief. All right. Thank you, Chief, uh, and hello, everyone. Uh, first of all, regarding Tower 15, we're looking forward to uh, our target date to start on August 1st. Uh, this just gives us a little bit more time to uh, plan and prepare for that tower, as well as uh, all the things that we have going on with the graduates of Tower, four, uh, tower 14, 13, and 12 before that. Uh, so again, uh, looking forward to that start uh, of, of our next tower. Uh, we're anticipating, uh, we, we already have offers out to approximately 30, uh, 30 candidates. And, um, and so I, I don't have the latest on the acceptance numbers, but we do uh, and anticipate that the vast majority, if not all of those individuals uh, will accept that offer. Um, and again, and then we'll look to kind of make some final determinations as far as uh, the total number that that tower will have. So again, August 1st, and uh, thanks to the leadership that's already uh, planning. We had a meeting yesterday uh, just to continue with the planning for August 1st, um, and they're doing a great, a great job in working uh, on special assignment to make sure that we are ready to go um, for that date. And we're anticipating that that's gonna be 18 weeks and um, just 18 solid weeks of training for those individuals in Tower 15. Uh, also, as you all uh, hopefully know and are uh, spreading the word, we have a recruitment that's open now, uh, and that is for firefighter paramedic. And so we're looking for individuals that have their paramedic license to apply uh, for us by July 5th. Uh, this is open until the 5th of July, so uh, please spread the word, and, uh, and hopefully that word is going out and those numbers and applicants are coming in, uh, so we have a nice, large pool of candidates to select from. Uh, also, paramedic para school, and that's something that uh, I have to give thanks to uh, Chief Barna, uh, who's getting assistance from Chief Hubble in putting together our plan for school. Uh, all of you firefighter e, uh, EMTs and ALs as well uh, should have received a survey 
And, uh, and thank you for all of you who have responded to that survey. And so that's just going to give us um, a lot of information that we need so that we can uh, kind of make some final decisions on who we're going to start uh, sending to, to a school first. Uh, the last thing, of course, that we want to do is send a large group all at once. Uh, and so we want to send those that uh, are certainly best prepared to uh, be successful through that process. Uh, so all of the EMTs that were recently hired uh, can expect to be assigned to an anatomy and physiology course uh, soon. Uh, the next course is going to be in the fall, and that will prep you uh, really for that uh, spring para paramedic school. And so we're looking to uh, really send, uh, you know, hopefully, a few people that are ready to go now, even if it's just five or six people, uh, to the next school at Crafton. And then in uh, next spring and, and really summer is where we intend on sending uh, larger groups of individuals, uh, especially if we can work everything out with Crafton. And so Crafton uh, is, is already set for a, uh, a spring class. And, uh, and again, we plan on working with them to set up a summer class that would be uh, really geared toward county fire. And so we have that meeting uh, with Crafton next week. And that doesn't take out of the equation Victor Valley. Uh, Chief Barnes has some initial discussion with them, and we look forward to securing a relationship there uh, where we can utilize them as well. And so that's what's going on in general with paramedic school. If you have any interest in going to school, uh, please reach out to Chief Barna, send him an email, and we can make sure that we get you all the information that you that you need uh, to participate in paramedic school. Uh, so that's coming up there. Uh, probably the newest news to, that we're uh, you know, ready to share on facilities is, uh, you know, the teams have been working really, really hard on making the purchase of Station 23, really just to close the book there. So. Uh, we've been through the processes that are required with county council. We received the feedback that we needed. Uh, we understand that we have a mutual understanding between the two parties, and so we're targeting uh, and, and preparing for that to go before our fire board next month. So hopefully uh, by the end of next month, uh, we will be the proud owners of Station 23. Uh, all the other projects are still moving along. Uh, and we look forward to bringing you more information regarding those uh, in the weeks ahead. Thanks, Chief. I'll, I'll jump in there real quick. We did a facility assessment. Uh, it's almost complete. It's in draft. The, uh, we're going to take the top five fire stations that require replacement and start building a CIP plan to replace those fire stations. Um, the order of those five are fairly well set when you look at three, three things. First is the safety of our members that are living in the station. The second is the functionality, the ability to house the current needs of the workforce. Um, the third is the aesthetics of the property. So some of these fire stations built, built back in the 1940s, they have very outdated wiring, for instance. They may have uh, correct infrastructure or foundations. Uh, they may, may need major repairs, such as roofs. Those are the ones that are going to be surfacing near the top. I don't need to tell you which ones they are. You can, you can uh, figure that out yourself on uh, probably what the top five is. 
But what we're going to do is um, we're going to take this draft study after we're done meeting with, with our fire board. We're going to make sure that it gets out in front of you so you understand the process of replacing these fire stations. Another fire station that jumps to my mind right now is the National Orange Show. That one still is in process. We expect that one to be completed uh, sooner than, say, 226 and 227. We're putting some real deadlines on PMD to meet with the National Orange Show, get that station secured. It is going to be completely rehabilitated. It's going to expand from a very small station for three people to be able to house five or six people. It's going to, have, it's going to be a modern fire station for us to run out. We're going to try to find new staffing for that fire station. That's my commitment to Chief Mejia. As we're moving forward, we're working hard on a, on a, a plan for that. Uh, I'll also add on the paramedic school, we would love to do a one, one glove fits all, that we have one program, everybody goes to that single program. That's probably not going to work. There's gonna be four or five different programs that we're looking at, and at different times, you may find somebody that's an accelerated program, but another person may go into a slower program. There's going to be a lot of conversations with labor on how this is going to work. I want to thank 935 through labor management for all the input they put in this process. I want to thank Chief Barna and, and Chief Washington for working so hard on that. I would love to tell you this 100% plan. This is what we're doing, and this is the, uh, the, age, the facility that we're going to send our employees to, but I can't do that. Uh, it's still about an 80% plan, and the team's working really hard on solidifying that. Talk a little about Measure Z. We had a disappointing turnout of our voters. Only 35,000 so voted. Of that, 25,000 voted to repeal our fire tax. The morning after, I sent an email and I explained that that fire tax ballot initiative has been invalidated by the trial court. It was invalidated before the ballots were printed. Red Brennan, the group behind the repeal, went to an appeals court and filed a stay on that order, on the trial judge's order, that allowed this ballot measure to be printed and to appear in the ballots. Red Brennan has notified us on their intent to appeal. So what they're going to do is they're going to appeal the trial court's judge's decision and say, no, the trial judge made a mistake. This measure should be validated. I think the district has a very good argument that um, Red Brennan did not, was not truthful to the voters in their ballot statement and when they gather signatures uh, that we're going to win that. However, there's a chance that we could lose that. If we do lose it, that's a $42.7 million loss of FP5 money into the district. So we'll keep you apprised as more time goes on. As of right now, we don't have a trial date. Um, our, how does it affect, uh, how should it, I guess I should address this, how does this affect us immediately? Our fire budget was passed today unanimously by the Board of Supervisors without comment. This budget process was probably the smoothest ever. ever. I want to thank the budget team for their hard work in anticipating those questions that the Board of Supervisors might ask to working hard with the county CFO to prepare a great budget and presentation. So as of right now, our district is, uh, still has our, that $42.7 million plugged into as expenditures. Now, what could happen? If this was appealed, and if the tax collector had already uh, collected this pending year's FP5, we would need to return that to the property owners. Um, that's a very difficult process, and we'll incur additional costs because we'll need to pay ATC fees to return that money. 
So there'll be more coming from this. In the meantime, be patient. We are going to be careful with our budget, but uh, we have a really good budget this year that was able to deploy extra resources. We have a lot of CIP projects that are planned. All of that's been approved, and we're going to move forward as if FP5 was still intact. Recruitment is still, there's two, two things that I think about. The first is the engineer's position. I want to let you know that in labor management, we've been very engaged on how do we support our engineers that are getting forced. We have a captain's list. Our intention is to promote everybody on that captain's list. We know that can further hurt the engineer's rank. So in order to balance that out, in labor management, we've come to a couple of agreements. The first is, you might have heard of this, is that we're going to do a level two test in July and one in August, or excuse me, October. September, had to count, sorry about that. The one in July is for those members that have already been through the workshops and have already taken the level two and weren't successful. They're gonna have another opportunity. The one that's coming in September is going to be after the engineer workshops to allow our members that haven't prepared themselves to be prepared. I wanna encourage the company officers and potential engineer candidates to work together and start preparing yourselves. Now to help the engineers rank, uh, we're not gonna wait until these, uh, this round is officially gone through an engineer's test and promoted. If you pass the level two test, we're gonna offer those employees the opportunity to work as engineers now. We will place them in engineer positions and we'll give them a, somewhere around a 5% either SAC pay or we'll figure it out in a different met, uh, method to compensate them for their time. But this will allow us to take firefighters that are level two qualified that have been through the process, the ability to start working in those engineer positions to lower the compaction. We'll go through the full engineer test, we'll hire, and with that, we'll start making promotions on the captain's list. So hold on if you're in the captain's list, we will get to you. Uh, you have my commitment on that. Uh, firefighters, prepare yourself to be engineers. We need a bunch of you to step up. I know that a lot of us would like to wait five or 10 years before we take that next step. The department needs you to step up now. I wanna thank um, the labor management process, 935, for some of these agreements. Uh, we're still working through all the details, but as we have more details, we'll talk to you about that. I think I'm pretty much wrapping it up. Uh, Tracy, is there any questions that we need to answer before we finish this? Yeah, there's actually a question for Chief Washington. What happened to all the lateral applications and possible lateral tower? Uh, yes, thank you for that question. Uh, similar to some of the other things that we had seen in re recruitments prior to the lateral, uh, we had a, a, a small group, I want to say it was approximately 12, uh, that met the qualifications and were uh, moved forward to interviews. And, and then when uh, the offers were made to come in for an interview, uh, there was only a handful of individuals uh, four that showed that uh, showed up um, and this particular uh, when those individuals were in or of you there was one in particular uh, that really seemed to meet the uh, need uh, as rated by the interview panel uh, that really met and, and, and seemed to be a really great fit and capable um, of becoming a county firefighter uh, so that individual, uh, if I recall correctly, was made an offer um, or was re-engaged to come and continue through the process. 
uh, but we didn't get a response from that one person. So that's kind of the status and what occurred um, there. Uh, disappointing for sure that we really expected more Metro firefighters uh, to join us. As you are aware, some of the larger Metro departments around us have struggled with vaccinations and mandating those vaccinations. And so that door was opened, um, expecting that a few of those firefighters would join us. However, that hasn't panned out. I do want to thank staff and Chief Washington, 935's efforts in coming together and, and uh, doing a lateral test. The process is in place. So if we need to do this again, we'll be ready to hit that send button and get that out. Uh, Chief Webb, I did, uh, we, I did want to ask you to come up. First to the engineers, captains, and our recent fire tower graduates that have graduated, we understand that your pay hasn't been correct immediately upon your promotion or even upon your graduation of the tower. There has been tremendous effort by Chief Webb to make sure that these things are addressed, but there's a lot of moving parts that aren't under Chief Webb's control, that are not under my control or underneath the fire district. We do work in a much larger system. Um, but Chief, I'll ask you if you could talk a little bit about uh, you know, the, that process that, that we need to go through in order to make sure that our members are receiving pay on time, uh, what we're doing to, to fix that. And then I, while we're talking about money, I love money, we're, we're gonna talk about uh, the SAFER grant. Just give us a quick update and some of the grants that are pending. Perfect, as Chief Muncie said, uh, obviously aside from your health and well-being, your pay is of utmost priority to um, all of us um, as well as myself personally. Um, and for the Tower 14 candidates or Tower 14 trainees that have recently come out of the tower, um, we do recognize that there was um, um, a breakdown in the, uh, the transition from the trainee status into a firefighter paramedic, firefighter EMT status. Um, we are working diligently on that. Um, I just got notice um, while I was standing over there that Emacs has received all the information in um, a format that, that is acceptable to them. So I'm gonna be working with them um, as well as 935 um, and the payroll uh, personnel to make sure that these things get processed as quickly as we can. I'm hoping, hoping by the end of day today, um, if not by tomorrow, to make sure that all those adjustments are made. That will lead ultimately to the changes not reflecting on the paycheck on Wednesday, but it will show up for the next pay period and all of the missed time will be will be retroed subsequent to the change being made. So um, don't think that we forgot about you or that this isn't important to us because it is extremely important to us. It's something I take very personally. Um, for the captains and engineers, we're in the same boat. This is all part of a bigger problem um, that is multifaceted and is requiring quite a bit of work to try to unpack. But um, the engineers and captains were in the same boat. The, many of them, um, if not all of them, were still in the process of researching, are still being paid at their prior rank. So it will be corrected at the same time that the, the, the trainees are corrected as well. So um, it is something, as I said, that's very important to us and we are working diligently to, to correct this. And um, I really do wanna give um, credit to the, the payroll personnel um, for County Fire. We, we have a tremendous team that works extremely hard to make sure that your pay is correct and that it's done in a timely fashion when mistakes are made. Um, and they are just a, a great group of people that really care about you and making sure that things are done right. So I really wanna to my, take my hat off to them. That being said, we do have some new folks and it takes a little bit of time for, uh, for them to be trained and then to be up at that level of, of um, expertise to be able to handle a lot of these things uh, as they come up. We're also, um, 
down a very important individual. For those of you who don't know, Dolores uh, V. Hill was off with surgery, and she's going to be off hopefully, um, or hopefully she'll be back by the end of the month, um, fingers crossed, because she's a very valuable member of the team, um, and she has been truly missed without her being here. So um, these have kind of led us to a point where uh, the, the issues are taking longer, much longer to correct than we had hoped. Um, we are fully staffed once Dolores received in personnel specialist, um, but we have received permission to dual fill um, an additional personnel specialist to help get ahead of some of these issues and prepare for things that are coming down the road. Um, we've also implemented the payroll help desk tickets. I know many of you have submitted those and the, the intent with the payroll help desk system is to help categorize and to um, to make sure that nothing gets lost in the shuffle. Um, prior to this, we would have you assigned to your own uh, personnel specialist and you would email them directly for, for payroll issues. And there were just issues uh, getting lost and um, you know the, the ladies in, in payroll were overwhelmed. So we wanted to have um, a system that made sure regardless of how long the system takes to track it, um, everything is being um, historically reserved. So we always have the ability at some point to get to the issue. Um, again, it's gonna be as quickly as possible, but they're not being um, lost in the shuffle. So um, as we're working forward on that, um, we received a, a payroll specialist list, so we're gonna begin the recruitment for that position. Um, we're also uh, doing interviews tomorrow for another HR assistant, and that's gonna be um, the, the vacancy that Genevieve Hughes left. We're also in the process of establishing um, an admin suit position that would replace Von Sabala. So as we get these positions in place, um, these issues will, will likely be resolved in a much more quick and efficient manner. So um, that's kind of where we're at with um, payroll. Um, as far as the SAFER and the AFG grant, um, for those of you who did know, we, we submitted um, an AFG grant and SAFER grant uh, back in January, I believe, um, early February. Um, FEMA has been uh, very delayed on the review and the issuance of awards for both of those grants. So we have heard um, nothing on either one of them. We've reached out to our representatives at the state to try to get some um, information on when those issuances will happen. And so far, they're, they're kind of in the dark as well. So um, both of those grants would be um, substantial if awarded, um, but we don't have any further information on those. Hopefully, it will come soon. And once we do, uh, we will certainly let you know. So a few questions for Chief Webb. How do you submit a payroll uh, help desk ticket? Um, there are actually two different ways. There is a link on FireNet, um, a quick link for the payroll help desk system. Um, that will need to be active, active I'm sorry, um, accessed through a county computer. Um, and you can fill it out there. Um, there's uh, some more detailed information that you can plug into the help ticket. Um, the other most efficient way is to email payrollhelpdesk at sbcfire.org. Okay, and Chief Webb, um, can you speak to the status of the fixes needed due to COVID leave and reimbursements? The, these are processes for the COVID leave and reimbursement are in that mix. As I said, all of these things are um, contained in the same proverbial logjam. As we're trying to address some of the payroll issues, we're trying to move some of these out of the way, but it always takes um, back, it always goes back to the time and the personnel needed to, to address these issues. So they're, they're definitely not lost. They're definitely not, um, you know, uh, gonna go by the wayside, but as it pertains to the priority of, of the, you know, the, the, 
making sure that people's checks are correct, making sure that they're paid appropriately, making sure that they're paid at the right step. Um, we're trying to work through each of these issues and the, the COVID leave is certainly one of them, but like I said, it's, it's, a, it's a much bigger issue that we're having to work through. Thank you. Uh, Tracy, any more questions? Yes, for you, Chief. With the staffing shortages in the engineer rank, what about allowing captains to volunteer to work down, allowing those engineers to get some days off? Uh, it certainly is a question that we've talked a lot about as chief officers, but also in labor management. Uh, the process that's in place is has been agreed to um, by labor and management to follow, and it does allow a captain to work down, but I understand not as often as uh, engineers would like and even some of the captains would like. We're still visiting that process. We're evaluating it. We do, um, we, we, we do certainly want the captains to work down as the engineer. We need the captains to step up to support that engineer rank. At the same time, we've got to support it from the bottom. So more information will be coming out of labor management. Right now, we have a labor management decision, and that is the process that we follow now. Speaking of labor management, though, we, we had a meet and confer uh, several months back to address some of the staffing challenges that did things like limiting time trades. That meet and confer had an expiration date on it and the in, it is the intention of management and labor to allow that to expire to get back to normalcy to allow employees to be able to train or excuse me to trade their days and uh, start modifying their schedules to best fit their family's needs and the days off that they need. So thank you for your patience as we work through that meet and confer. And thank you for your patience as we work through uh, not having enough employees in our engineer rank. As I said, we are, that is a topic of discussion that we have here at headquarters uh, every single day. We're thinking about it. We're meeting with labor very regularly on how to address that particular issue. As we address that issue, though, we want to make sure that we're not causing other issues in the fire department. So this is, it is complicated, and I do appreciate your patience as we work through this. Um, no further questions, Chief. Thank you. I, you know, it, I, I do want you to know that, it, and this may be come off as disingenuous, and I, I think that's why I'm struggling with this, but I care very much about you and your families, engineers, and I know this is affecting you. This is a tough time in the fire service, and it's really hard to make the right decisions, even when you got the best minds thinking about it. I recognize how impactful it is on you and your lives and your spouses and your kids. Don't take that for granted and please let them know that we're working very hard to fix this so this will not occur again. I want to thank you all for joining us. Uh, thank you for the questions. Please continue to send those to us. If you have any that we didn't address live, if you could send them to Tracy. And Tracy, do you have another one? I do. All right. So WPE and STEP reports, will those be sent out regularly again? Well, a couple things. Uh, Ryan, I'll have you jump back in, but the WPE process, as far as STEP increases are changing, mm -hmm. that's going to be automated, so you're automatically going to get your STEP increase. WPE reports will definitely loop around. We want to make sure that our uh, supervisors are receiving those in a timely manner. It's very important that we are meeting with our employees and we're giving them um, their appraisal on how they're doing. We're making sure that we're meeting a supervisor. We're coming up with common goals. Um, we'll make sure that that process is in place. Chief, anything else on that? 
Um, no, until then, um, you know, I've actually received this question. I probably haven't done a, a, a good job of explaining why those have not been dispersed. So when, when we lost Maria Vargas, there was a, a wealth of information that, that went, went with her. And one of it, one of those pieces of information was a very unique way that she did um, that particular process uh, for the organization. Um, since then, we've been struggling to try to find a system that's been as effective as what Maria has been doing. Um, and it kind of rolls back to the level of um, experience in our new personnel folks and the number of people that we have working on it and the priorities of making sure that your pay is correct. Um, as Chief Muncie said, the, the steps will occur um, automatically um, once you reach the, the hour threshold. Um, the, the WPE will no longer be required as of um, hopefully by fall. We have to wait for Emacs to be fully caught up um, in steps uh, in order for us to implement this. But once that happens, we'll roll into an automated automatic W or automatic step increase without a WPE. The WPE will still be important, but it will also not hinder you getting paid correctly in order to get there. So there is some transition going on there and hopefully by uh, by fall, by the end of the year, um, that process will be much more um, automated and easy. Thank you, Chief. Tracy? That's it, Chief. Thank you. Right. Thank you all for joining us. Have a great week. This has been County Fire Insight for Tuesday, June 14, 2022. 